Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us here on ODC Ministries Podcast, Conversations with Pastor ODC. We pray that you are being encouraged and enriched through each episode we produce here. We also ask you to share this with your family and your friends, and perhaps even a foe, so that they can be enriched by what the Lord has laid upon our hearts to share with you. Today, I want to invite you to join me in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Here, the word of God as penned by the Apostle Paul. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Many of you know by now that I love hymnody. I love the hymns of the church. And one of the hymns that many people are not as familiar with today says, When you look at others with their land and gold, think that Christ has promised you wealth untold. Count your blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven, nor a home on high. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what the Lord has done. This is the time of year when we encourage people to do just that. Pause and take a moment to count your blessings and give thanks to God for what he has done in your life as well as what he has done through your life. Many times when we are counting, we only reflect on what I would qualify as small things, material things, creaturely comforts and conveniences. Not that we don't thank God for these blessings, because certainly we are appreciative of the luxuries that God has afforded us in our lives. We are appreciative of the ability that he has given us to gain wealth so that some of us can have access to those luxuries. Yet, we don't just rejoice because of those luxuries, because everyone may not be able to be thankful for these material blessings and these modest conveniences that life has afforded some. So, during this Thanksgiving season, I want to encourage you to count your blessings. But not just your blessings, count our blessings, the blessings that we all share together. And when you do it, think large, think big, think major, think profound, life-changing, and path-altering blessings that we have received from God. Think mainly the cross. Ponder the magnitude and the gravity and the significance of Calvary. What Christ did for us when he became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. Count your blessings, the material ones, but more importantly, count the spiritual blessings that each one of us have received in Jesus Christ. This is what Paul encourages the church at Rome to do in Romans chapter 5. Verses 1 and 2, Paul lays out for us some things that we as believers should be grateful for and thankful for, not only during the Thanksgiving season, but in every season of our lives, during the good times as well as the bad times, during the times when we're up as well as the times when we are down, during the sunshine as well as during the rain. These are benefits that we have received from Christ. Through his work on the cross that cannot be taken from us, 
regardless of the season we find ourselves in, of the plight we may be enduring in life. And it leads us to thanksgiving and praise. So consider with me a few things that Paul lists us in verses 1 and 2 of Romans chapter 5 that you and I ought to give thanks to God for. First, he says, we can be thankful for the blessing that we have received in Christ, which is justified toward God. We're justified toward God. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, this justification, this justified is a legal term. It is a term that is often used in the ancient courts to identify one, whether one was guilty or innocent. The way they would say it was, the guilty person would be not justified. And the not guilty person would be justified. So Paul is saying in verse 1 that we have been declared not guilty toward God. That God has declared us to be righteous. Notice that we are declared to be righteous. Not that we are righteous. But God has declared us to be righteous because we take on a righteousness that does not belong to us. It's the righteousness of Christ that clothed us and covers our sin. Therefore, when God looks upon us, he does not see our sins. He sees the redemptive work of Christ and he sees us as being covered in his righteousness. And subsequently, Paul says that we have been declared to be right with God. That now everything between God and man has been corrected by the work of Christ on the cross. That there's no more intimacy, there's no more there's more hostility between God and man because we have been declared to be right with God. What a blessing it is to know that even though we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as Paul had already made known to us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we have now been declared righteous because of Christ's work on the cross. This is a blessing that you should count every day. This is a blessing that you should be praising God for in the midst of whatever season you're in, that regardless of our failures and our faults, and our frailties, we are declared righteous because Christ died for our sin. So Paul says that we have been declared righteous. We are justified toward God. We're in right standing with God. But not only can we count the blessing of being justified toward God, we can also count the blessing of having peace with God. He says now that we're justified by faith, because we believe in Jesus Christ, we are declared righteous. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul declares that this peace is not a subjective feeling. It's not the sense of I feel at peace. As Paul identifies in Philippians chapter 4. When Paul says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. But when Paul talks about peace in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, it is not the feeling of peace, it is the reality of peace. It is an objective reality that we are at peace with God, which means that 
We are free from the wrath of God. And again, there is no hostility between God and ourselves. That God himself has declared a truce between mankind. Why? Because Christ died for us. When Christ died on the cross for us, he took on the wrath that was supposed to be laid upon each of us. He took on our sins and God then released his wrath upon the Savior of the world. And subsequently, instead of us experiencing God's wrath, we now experience God's peace. But this peace in the, is also known as God's shalom, his shalom, which talks about welfare and prosperity. That since I'm at peace with God, I also receive the blessings of his prosperity, the blessings of his welfare toward us. It's, it's the same thing as the benediction in Numbers where the Bible says that God instructs Aaron that when the people finish worshiping, you should bless them like this. You should say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, grant you his peace, grant you his welfare, his prosperity, that things will go well with you. So since we're at peace with God, we not only are free from his wrath, but we have the assurance of his welfare and his prosperity. And this is why Paul says later in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, that if God be for us, then who can be against us? God is no longer against us, but we're at peace with God. But even more so than being at peace with God, God is now fighting on our behalf. And all of this is because of Christ's work on the cross. So when you think of your blessings this week, when you think about your blessings next week, think about the fact that, hey, I'm in right standing with God. In other words, i.e., me and God are cool. Secondly, I'm at peace with God. There is no hostility between God because of me and God because of Christ's work on the cross. Not only has hostility been removed, but I also have received his shalom, his peace, his prosperity, and he's now fighting for me so much so that no weapon that is formed against me will be able to prosper. But lastly, you can count the blessing of having access to God. Paul says, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Paul says to us that we who were once denied access to God now has 24-7, 365 days of complete uninhibited access to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, that we can go before his presence in prayer. We can go before his presence in worship, that we can enjoy his presence, and not only enjoy and bathe in his presence, but we also have the privilege of communicating with him and giving him our needs and our anxieties by addressing him with our worries and trusting him to relieve us of the burdens that life often place upon us. We have access to God. 
Many of us remember preachers saying that when Christ died, the veil of the temple was torn in half. That veil used to separate the holy place from the holy of holies. The holy of holies is where the Ark of the Covenant was kept in the temple. But when the veil was torn in half, it's symbolic of the fact that there's no longer a curtain. There's no longer any inhibitors or barriers that's keeping us from being able to access the presence of God. That we no longer need an intercessor or someone to pray for us. We no longer need a pastor or a deacon or a mother or a father to pray for us. That we can go to God ourselves in Christ's name because of what Christ has done for us. We have uninhibited access to God. Listen, this is so amazing that all these things have to do with the past and the present. We're justified, that's the past, that all the wrong has been forgiven, that we are now in right standing with God. Secondly, in the presence, we have peace with God, and therefore we can access God's presence. That we can approach his throne boldly and find grace in our hour of need, and that's in the present. But then Paul says that there's future blessings that we have, where he says, we rejoice in the hope of glory. This is Paul's way of just saying the best is yet to come. So as we are thankful for the, what God has done in the past and justifying us and what we are experiencing in the present, which is peace and uninhibited access to God, we can count the blessing of what is coming to us in the future, that the best is yet to come. He says that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This is Paul pointing us to that day when Christ will crack the sky and he will descend with the shout of the archangel and the dead in Christ will rise and those who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the midst of the air and therefore we shall forever be with the Lord. This is the hope of glory. This is the hope that there is another place for the righteous can go. There's another place, a land, as the old hymn would say, where we would never grow old. There's the hope of glory that we know that because of what Christ has done for us on the cross, that we can anticipate the joys of heaven. We can anticipate the joys of 12 foundations. We can anticipate the joys of the 12 gates. We can anticipate the joy of the golden street. We can anticipate a city where there is no sun because the Son of God is the lamp and light of the city. We can anticipate a day when we will no longer cry, no longer suffer, no longer feel disappointments and pains, but we can anticipate a day where we will all gather around the throne of God and rejoice with him, all because of what Christ has done on the cross. Literally, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared for those who love him. So as you celebrate this season of Thanksgiving, but not just this season of Thanksgiving, but every season of your life, you can celebrate in the midst of it because you have blessings that money did not buy. You have blessings that are greater than creaturely comforts. You have blessings that are more expensive than luxuries that can be purchased with silver and gold. You have blessings that can only be purchased by the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And most importantly, 
his broken body and his shed blood. And because Christ died for us, regardless of where you are in your life, be happy and thankful that you're justified with God. Be happy and thankful that you are presently at peace with God. And be happy and thankful that you have access to God. And most importantly, always keep your eye on the prize of glory and anticipating the day when we will go to that place where there's no more sorrow, there's no more sadness, there's no more goodbyes. Every day will be Sunday in that land where we never grow old. So count your blessings and be thankful that God has blessed you with blessings that money cannot buy. I pray that this has encouraged you and I pray that as you move forward throughout the rest of this week, that you will be thankful because you have blessings that money cannot buy. Let me pray with you. Father, we thank you for your goodness toward us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you have been so gracious toward us. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us your peace. We thank you that you have allowed us to experience your love. And Lord, now we ask you in the name of Jesus to bless every person who hears this podcast. Lord, I pray they will forever be mindful that they have blessings that money cannot buy. And these blessings are not given based on class. It's not given based on one's economic status or what their titles or position may be in life. But these are blessings that have been given to us through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Thank you for giving your son. We thank the son for giving his life. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us in all truth. And so, Lord, we thank you for the blessings that we have, that we are justified with you, that we have access to you, that we have peace with you, Lord. And most importantly, we have the hope of glory, anticipation of what will be coming to us in the future as we will gather around your throne in that land, Lord God where we never grow old and where there's forever in eternity rejoicing and worshiping you and praising your holy name. So I pray, Lord, for that person who may be bowed down now, that person who may feel down in the dumps because of some situation that's going on in their lives. I pray, Lord, they will lift up their heads and owe ye gates and be lifted up to the everlasting doors, Lord. And I pray they will be reminded of what the King of glory has done for us. We are thankful for all that you do. For every good and perfect gift is from above. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast if you have not done so, so that you will be able to receive a notification of each time we produce a new episode. Also, follow us on Facebook at ODC Ministries. Also, you can find us on YouTube at ODC TV or by simply typing in the search box, Otis Dion Culliver. Also, visit our webpage, www.pastorodc.com. We pray that you have been blessed. Thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye.